Gospel according to Luke chapter 14. Large crowds were gathering with Jesus, and turning to him, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, Everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build but wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. finally found it. You've been looking around for weeks, shopping all the local stores, scouring the online reviews, and you've got it. You found it in the place where you wanted it. It's the price that you wanted. It's finally time to pull the trigger on your big purchase and bring home that brand new TV. It's perfect. 55 inches. It's a smart TV, OLED, color technology, it's 120 hertz of refresh rate, it is the perfect TV, and you found it, and you've bought it, and it's yours, you asked all the questions, answered all the questions, this is the one for you, and you hand over your card to the sales associate and get caught by a surprise, a surprise question, because you were the one asking and answering the questions. You weren't ready for a question to be asked of you, and so it took you a little off guard when the sales associate asks, would you like to buy the extended warranty for your new TV? Has that ever happened to you? You ever get caught off guard by that question? You've thought all of these things, you've devoted all of your mental brain power towards making sure that this is the right purchase for you, and now you've got to ask, answer another question. You've got to do the math. You didn't know how much it was. You've got to quickly sort of figure out, is, is this worth it? Maybe you're a person who likes the extended warranties. Maybe that gives you the peace of mind. You sleep better at night knowing that even if something happens to your TV, it's going to be covered and you'll be able to have a new one there by the end of the week. Or, or maybe you're not that person. Maybe you considered the cost of extended warranties and have decided that they're not for you. I personally fall into that second category. Peace of mind. You want to give me peace of mind? Money in my pocket gives me peace of mind. Knowing that I haven't overspent for something, knowing that I haven't reached to, to purchase something that I'm hoping I'll never use, that gives me peace 
of mine. I also figure that if one out of 20 things that I purchase breaks, I can pay to replace it with all the money I saved not buying 20 extended warranties. But that's just me. That doesn't make it right. That's just the way I see things. That's just the way I consider the cost versus the benefit. If you're a person who gets peace of mind from extended warranties, God bless you. My brother worked in an appliance sales department in his former job, and he had a mandate from on high. His boss required that he try to sell a extent, an extended warranty to everyone who purchased anything. He told the story of a lady who purchased a microwave. She got it on a deep discount. It was on sale. The lady paid $50 for this microwave. And then, like he was required to do, my brother offered to sell her the extended warranty. Two years, extended coverage, $50. And he stopped in his tracks when she said that she wanted it. He tried as hard as he could without calling her a fool for purchasing it. He told her three different times, are you sure? He helped her walk through the math of how this all works, but she was adamant. She wanted that extended warranty, and she got it. She bought the microwave for $50 and the extended warranty for $50. Or if you tell that story from a different perspective, she bought that microwave twice. If you want to be in a club there's going to be a cost involved, at least if it's a club that has any type of benefit for you. If, if it's a club that's worth being in, it probably has a cost. You can't shop at Costco unless you are a member. There are many people who don't have Costco cards. They find it foolish to pay money just for the privilege of walking through their door and then being able to spend money at their store. And so they don't get a Costco membership, but there are some who do, many who do, because the things that they need to buy for their lives are deeply discounted there, and they can get a good deal. Some of those people know that if you get the executive membership, you get 2% of everything you purchase back. You can throw the Costco credit card on top of that for another 1%, and if you do it right, they pay you to shop at Costco there's a cost to be in that club, but many have found that it's worth the cost. Is it worth it to have a membership at the Milwaukee County Zoo? It is if you like going to the zoo, because on your second or maybe third trip there, you've already paid less than you would have if you paid full submission each time you save money and it gives you the freedom and the flexibility to be able to do short visits instead of having to cram the whole zoo into one incredibly long day. It costs money to be a zoo member, but many find it to be worth it. Is it wise to join the book club? If you like to read books and if you're going to buy the books that you read, being in the book club might make sense. 50% off books is better than full percent, full price for books, and so it would pay, I would think, to be a part of the club. You can fill in the blank for whatever club you're talking about. Here's the formula. Consider the cost. Consider the benefit. Is it worth it?
the greatest club in the world has a cost attached to it. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to pay the price. If you want to follow Jesus, there's costs to pay. Does that statement sit oddly on your ears? Does it sound wrong? Have you perked up to hear what I'm going to say next to find out if it is in line with what you think, to find out if it is in line with what God's Word teaches? If so, that's good. That's the way you should listen to every sermon, no matter what. But you're not alone, I'm guessing, if the statement, you have to pay to be a disciple of Jesus, sounds just a little funny to you. Grace is free. Forgiveness has been given to us as a gift. Heaven's doors are thrown open wide for us, not because of our effort, energy, or payment, but because Jesus was willing to make the full payment for us. We're saved by grace through faith. What's this pay to follow Jesus thing? That concept of free grace is a concept that we hold near and dear to our hearts. It's a concept that gives us Hope, everlasting hope, hope that stretches beyond this world and and goes to the world to come. But that same Jesus who has given you that hope and whose life has provided that hope speaks some pretty striking words to us today. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, they cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I remember a game we used to play in elementary school called Opposite Day. Did you play that game when you were little? You'd say something intentionally false to rile up a classmate or a friend, and then you would remind them, ha, it's Opposite Day. If you were wondering how cool I was in grade school now, you know. (laughs) Does it feel like opposite day in church today? First we have this pay to be a disciple of Jesus thing, and now we hear we have to hate people. We have to hate our brother and sister. We have to hate our mother and father. And if we don't hate our mother and father, we can't get into heaven. It sounds like the opposite of the fourth commandment, doesn't it? Honor your father and mother. What's going on? Is it opposite day? Jesus is teaching some very important truths to us, some life and death matters, spiritual, eternal life and death, and he's not going to mince words, and he's not going to hold back or sugarcoat the truth. He's going to tell it like it is. Discipleship comes with a cost. Are you willing to pay it? Are you willing to pay the cost to follow Jesus? Discipleship has a cost. It may even cost you dearly. And that's why our Savior bids us to consider the cost of following him. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and he is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying... 
this person began to build and was not able to finish. Were you around when they started building the tower just a block down Juno on the corner of Water Street? It's a tower called Groman Tower today. Were you here when they started to build it? It probably was kind of exciting to see a new building coming up. It was supposed to be a hotel, a state-of-the-art hotel, at least until 2008 when the original construction came out of money. You can imagine how embarrassing that must have been. You can imagine how devastating it must have been for that owner. His name's on the side of the building, and he wasn't able to finish. Between the years of 2008 and 2013, it had the distinction of being the world's tallest Qdoba because that was the only thing in the building. How embarrassing, how devastating that must have been. Now it's turned out well for us, for our neighbors. MSOE has purchased the property. Now there is a nice place for some of their faculty and some of their students to live. I don't know the specifics, but I've got to imagine that the original builders lost a boatload of money starting a project and not being able to finish. That's what Jesus is telling us in this tower parable. Consider the cost. Don't get halfway through a project and then be surprised. It's embarrassing, devastating. If you do that when you're building a tower, how much worse if you do it when you're building a Christian life to get halfway through and decide it's not worth the cost to continue. A king who's going out to battle needs to weigh the cost. He needs to decide whether or not he can sustain the cost of what this battle might cost him. Not just the price of bullets and paying his soldiers, but what about if there are some casualties? What about the weakness, how much weaker he could be if he sustains a loss here? What impact will that have on his brand greater vision for winning the entire war? The king, the wise king, considers the cost before marching into battle. There's a cost to being a disciple, and we have to consider that cost. Jesus wants us to go in eyes wide open. He doesn't want there to be surprises, and so he tells us right out front, there's a cost to pay. Are you willing to pay it? If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, they cannot be my disciple. Being a disciple of Jesus is an all-or-nothing proposition. You can't share a number one place. Jesus won't share his glory with any other person or thing. He is number one, and that's where he must be. That's why the law says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. If a family member gets in the way of you and Jesus, your relationship with him, family needs to be put out of the way, maybe forcefully. Our God would much rather we have strife and discord within a family and peace through faith in him. If we choose the easy path, if we choose the path that everyone just gets along and it costs us our eternal soul, what foolish stewards we have been. Jesus goes on to tell us more about the cost of following him. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. 
Discipleship involves carrying a cross. It involves sacrifice, hardship, and trial. There's going to be a price to pay. It won't always be easy. It won't always be popular. But it will always be best. It's not just family members that we may have to push to the side so that we can emphasize our relationship and focus on our relationship with God. It's self that needs to be pushed aside as well. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me, says Jesus. Self is the biggest idol the world has ever known. Self is the biggest temptation that we'll ever face. There's this selfish, sinful nature that lives within us that wants to be the center of everything, that thinks that the world revolves around me. I want it. I want it my way. I want it right now. I want to be the one who decides what's right and wrong. I want to be the one that comes out better in the end. I want, I want, I want. That's the refrain of the sinful nature, and that's the temptation that we fall to every day. We choose our life path without a care or concern in the world of how it impact others. We choose words that make ourselves feel good about us, even if they are tearing other people down. We spend what we have on our own entertainment, and then there's not enough money left over to give a generous offering to the Lord. We use all our time on ourselves, on our recreation, and then I guess I can't help my neighbor. I guess I can't show Jesus' love. We choose the things that are best for us. We show just how selfishly depraved we are. We show just how me-centric our lives are with the thoughts that we think, the attitudes that we allow to linger in our hearts, the words that we speak. Deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Christ. But we can't do it. We're not strong enough to resist those temptations. We're not good enough to live up to the standards of God's law. Because of that, we deserve death. And hell, because of that, we deserve to be forever cast out of the club. But our Savior Jesus desperately wants you to be in the club. He desperately wants you to live with him and at his side forever in glory. And that's why he desperately loved you and me. He went to desperate lengths to show desperate love to sinners like you and me. He went to great lengths giving up the glories of heaven to take on the pain of a sinful life, giving up the riches of glory to live a life of humility and poverty, giving up the peace and rest that heaven brought to him to embark upon a spiritual war. Jesus paid a healthy price so that you and I could be his forever. As you're considering the cost of discipleship, as you are weighing the scale in your mind, what does it cost me and what do I get? Don't you dare forget the cost that Jesus paid. Don't let Satan close your eyes or your ears to that gospel message. Jesus paid 
so dearly. He paid with his very life. He offered his body and shed his blood so that you could be forgiven. He paid the price that was impossibly large for you to pay. He was willing to pay it so that we could be with him forever. As Jesus cried out in agony on the cross, there we find, there we learn the cost of sin and the cost of a soul. But as we hear him cry, it is finished. We know that the price was paid. We see there at Golgotha his willingness to pay the price, his willingness to give his life so that we could be his. Three days later, he rose from death. God's acceptance of that payment price. Easter shows us that the victory has been won. Easter shows us that God the Father has accepted that payment. Paid in full. No more price to pay. No more pending transactions. No more boxes for us to check. It's all done. Perfectly done by Jesus. And mindful of the great cost that Jesus paid and mindful of the love that he shows to us, mindful of his care and compassion and protection that he gives to us and to his church, even still this day, now we can face our lives with joy and peace. Now we can pay the price of discipleship. We can gladly use the power of the gospel to resist temptations to serve myself. We can gladly use the power of Jesus' love to have the eyes of Jesus that look with compassion on those less fortunate around us. We can gladly have the eyes of Jesus that seeks not to be served but to serve. Consider the cost of following Jesus. You were worth the price that Jesus paid. He paid it willingly, without flinching. It was worth it. You were worth the price to Jesus, and Jesus now is worth the price that we have to pay to follow him. Jesus is worth the sacrifices that we must make. In fact, they're not even a burden to us anymore. We can find joy in service, joy in living our lives for him. Joy in making sacrifices. We can sacrifice a little for the one who sacrificed everything to make us his own. Consider the cost of following Jesus. It isn't free. It isn't always easy, but it is so very, very worth it. It's very, very worth it to follow the one, to live our lives for the one who lived his life for us, to bring praise and glory to the one who would find no greater glory than to lay his life down for you than to win heaven for me. Consider the cost. Because only then will you understand the extent of the bargain that it is to gain everlasting life in Jesus. Consider cost, then you'll know what an incredible return on investment is ours in Christ.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.